What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely, albeit uh, darker, it's a little foggy out there, uh, Kenston, North Carolina. It's finally Friday. It's football Friday. Finally Friday, October the 20th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 952 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, why they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. And man, we have a fun show set up for you today. I, I'm so giddy about it. I just, I'm ready to just go ahead and jump into it. Let me tell you something. Joining us in less than 20 minutes, he's our resident NASCAR, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL expert, fathering expert. Uh, let's see, PBR, both Paps Blue Ribbon and professional bull riding. Uh, he's an ECU grad. He's the big brother of the son of Kenson. He's a, he's the son of uh hot Linda. he's the uh husband of samantha and the father of levi whoo he's got a lot of titles just like his brother it's paul whittington he's going to be joining us uh, like i said in less than 20 minutes we have got a ton of stuff to talk to him about uh we didn't uh get a chance to talk to him last week since we were in uh in uh vegas or leave we were on our way to vegas he hosted the show last week can't wait to talk to him about that and uh, how much fun that was for him. <laughs> hey, listen, everything I've heard, hey, listen, Paul Whittington, everything he touches, touch turns to gold. Uh, he did a great job. I got to listen to him last week on the uh, broadcast of the Wallace Rose Hill Kinston game. He did a great job on that. I didn't get to listen to any of his show. We were in the air at that point. And of course I didn't realize until we were a couple hours into the air that I could actually break my laptop out and listen to the show on uh, on betonthebull.com, which is what I should have done. But uh, I'm telling you, everybody I've talked to said he and Jason Bryant just did a great job last week on both the, uh, the broadcast here, the Brian Hanks show, and uh, the Friday night football game, the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week last week. And again, can't wait to talk to him. You guys heard him here on 960 Bet on the Bull. I didn't get to talk to him, though, and so very excited about that. Uh, but he'll be joining us here. Uh, we're going to get... Called up, we're we're in race two of the round of eight in the NASCAR championship race. They are in Homestead, Miami. Actually, the championship race last week was, or the the first race of the round of eight was in Las Vegas where uh, Jonathan and I were last week. But I tried to talk, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, with uh, Paul. I tried to talk Jonathan into going. Man, there were $9 tickets. Uh, I'm serious. We were, well, not, I wouldn't say we were close to going. I really wanted to go. I just couldn't get, uh, I couldn't talk Jonathan into it. And I didn't want to go by myself and all that. But, um, but man, uh, Kyle Larson last week wins around one. He guarantees him spot 
guarantees himself a spot into the final four of uh, the NASCAR championship race. And uh, we'll see who uh, who Paul's got winning this week. It's going to be uh, an exciting race, Homestead, Miami. That's where they used to end the championship uh, for several years, I know. Uh, that's when I had stepped away from uh, NASCAR for a little bit, but pretty excited to see uh, what Paul's got to say about that. Uh, the Hurricanes, they're already, the Carolina Hurricanes now into their second week of uh, action. They're on their long, long uh, state fair road trip right now, but playing some pretty good hockey. So uh, we'll talk to him about all that. We're even going to get some ECU Charlotte talk in. Both teams one and five going into uh, tomorrow's big game. And uh, so pretty excited about uh, that. I, just, I, I love having Paul on the show. Really looking forward to talking to him about all that. But it is Football Friday. You know what that means, the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. Can you believe this is the next to the last? Or as I like to say, it's a penultimate game of the year, uh, of the regular season anyway. And uh, it's rivalry week. Rivalry week. Boy, that's easy for me to say. North Lenore travels to South Lenore. It'll be the 60th time that the Hawks and the Devils, or uh, if you're old school like Jimmy Smith, like the Buccaneers and the Rebels, which is what both schools were known from, uh, called from 64 to 70. Uh, that, uh, that game will be taking place tonight at South Lenore. Myself, you just heard me mention Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith. Paul Whittington will be on our sideline. Keith Spence will be in the uh, press box with us there. Uh, Jason Bryant, I think is going to be there for a little bit. In fact, I'm sure he's going to be there. Kinston is off this week. So, uh, you'll have our whole team there. Our whole 960 bet on the bull team will be at South Lenore tonight. So, uh, very, very, very excited about that. And listen, forget about records. Forget about that. You know, neither team is going to make it to the state playoffs this year. It's South Lenore's last game of the year. It's senior night for the blue devils. When North Lenore and South Lenore play each other, it's it's just a, a really, really fun time. And uh, so uh, what happens, what does that mean? Football Friday here on the Brian Hanks Show, that means we're going to have the head coaches of both teams. First off, North Lenore first-year head football coach Larry Dale. He's going to join us about five minutes or so into the second hour. And then uh, South Lenore's third-year head football coach Will Harrell will join us about 20 minutes into the final hour of today's show so uh, there you go paul whittington in our first hour larry dale will harrell in our second hour we will have you set up for the weekend and i'm telling you uh i was all over social media this morning just uh you know checking out stuff taking the taking the heartbeat taking the pulse of uh kenston and lenore county this morning and even our whole little region here and I got to tell you, I got to give Tanya Adams credit for this. Uh, the our, our Rotary president here in Kenston and one of our downtown business leaders. She's just an amazing, amazing person. But uh, she posted something up on uh, Facebook uh, about three hours ago, which means she was up <laughs> at 4 o'clock this morning, 3.30, 4 o'clock this morning. But she uh, she posted this, and I thought it was very, very wise and very, very true. Tomorrow in Kenston, may be one of the busiest days in i mean in our in our history i mean you take away maybe like uh the uh barbecue festival those are really busy days there's always a ton of stuff going on you know you, we've got always we've got you know what 25 30,000 people in downtown Kenston so it's hard to compete with that but outside of the uh of uh, the barbecue festival tomorrow may be one of the busiest days we've had 
and, and it's going to be a great day in Kenston. But let me tell you this, before it gets to that, though, let me tell you about Palapalooza. You heard uh, Nancy Barbie yesterday talk about it. So for our listeners who, uh, and we've got a ton of listeners down in Jones County and that neck of the woods, uh, Jones County, uh, Vanceboro, if you're listening to us in Vanceboro, Craven County, and, uh, in our replay at 3 o'clock here on, uh, well, it'll be on 252 ESPN, then uh, you need to get to uh, Pollocksville tomorrow morning, Saturday morning for Palapalooza. It's this awesome thing. It's going to be a Pollocksville Elementary School. A, we're, there are going to be food trucks out there. There are going to be just a ton of great people out there. Uh, lots of things to do. It's their festival. It's a second annual Palapalooza. Uh, and uh, I'll be out there from uh, 10 to about 1 or so, 10 to 1, 1.30. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier. I'll be leaving a little bit earlier than that because i got to get back to Kinston for uh, Bradfest, which we'll talk about here in a second. But listen, get out there to uh, Pollocksville tomorrow from 10 to 4 altogether. There's going to be uh, a band out there. There's going to be uh, just uh, tons of fun stuff to do. It's free. Uh, but come hungry because there's going to be, like I believe she told us yesterday, there's going to be uh, three or four food trucks out there. There's going to be just a ton of stuff to do. Uh, take your kids out there with you. It's going to be so much fun. But please go out there, and I will see you out there myself. I'm going to have some Brian Hanks Show T-shirts to uh, give out and uh, would uh, love to give you a Brian Hanks Show uh, Nike Dry Fit shirt. Hey, we don't put our we do not do our shirts on cheap shirts, do we, Bernie Barfield? I do it on uh, on great shirts, so uh, see me out there, and I'll, I'll, I'm taking a few shirts with me to uh, give away. And then, uh, but tomorrow in Kinston, man, I know I, I kind of jumped around that a little bit. Let, let's go back to that. Man, I'm telling you, there is so much to do tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be from 7.30 to 10.30 out at the CSS News 2, breakfast on the boat. Uh, you can eat breakfast out there. You can pick it up and take it with you, what I, which is what I think I'm going to do on my way into Pollocksville is I think I'm going to stop out at breakfast on the boat, go grab me some breakfast, and eat it on my way to uh, Pollocksville. Uh, obviously, Bradfest. We'll get to that in a second because there's so much talk about that. But the Ironclad Half Marathon and 5K is tomorrow. That will be winding through the streets of Kinston. So uh, if you see runners out there, please be, please, uh, Linda Whittington, Scott Whittington. Well, Scott will be in uh, Greenville for the uh, ECU football game, but he's a good driver anyway. Linda, not so much. No, she's a good driver too. Uh, but if you see the, the runners running throughout Kinston tomorrow, please be careful. Uh, just build in a little bit extra time wherever you're headed tomorrow because there's going to be uh, – Hundreds of uh, people riding uh, or uh, uh, running throughout Kenston, and so uh, be sure to look out for them. That is going to be from, uh, I believe it starts about 8 a.m., and it'll probably go to about noon or so tomorrow. So, like I said, uh, be careful out there. And, and just what a great job uh, those folks do every year with Ironclad Half Marathon and 5K. Uh, and, again, that's brought to you by Mother Earth Brewing. They do such a great job with that too uh there you go uh jason bryant just chimed in too and said you can eat breakfast on the boat and cheer on the runners as they run through downtown kenston and then greet them when they finish at granger stadium you are absolutely right jason i know wrns is a big time sponsor 
of that as uh, they are Bradfest, which we'll get to that here in a few moments. But, uh, yeah, uh, breakfast on the boat tomorrow morning. That's breakfast for you, okay? Then lunch for you, let me tell you. Sloppy Joe's at G.I. Joe's tomorrow. That runs from 10.30 to 2 tomorrow. So have breakfast on the boat. Go over to G.I. Joe's. Get your Sloppy Joe's over there. I've done that one year, man, and you want to talk about good Man, if, you, if you're a sloppy Joe aficionado like myself, man, you are going to want to grab you a, uh, a sloppy Joe at G.I. Joe's tomorrow. They are so, so, so good. Uh, that is, uh, let me see if I can pull that address up here, 1165 Highway 1155 South. That's in Kenton. Go check that out. Uh, they're having a... Uh, <laughs> no, Linda. Oh, my God. That's the best comment of the morning so far. No, uh, don't do like Linda's going to do. And if she's driving along and she sees people running on the road in the Ironclad 5K, don't offer them a ride. Linda, no, no, don't do it. Because there would be someone like me that would be in the 5K that would be like, oh, yeah, let me jump in. Then I would end up finishing first and be like, how did this fat slob end up finishing first? And then there would just be this whole controversy and everything. So, no, don't be like Linda Whittington and offer them rides, okay? That would be a bad idea. Hey, there's a Victorian morning experience that is going to be in Kenston. There are going to be, there's going to be cruising in downtown Kenston tomorrow. How about that? Uh, first come, first serve, Main Street parking. But it should be a lot of great-looking cars in downtown Kenston tomorrow. Uh, hashtag cruising the K if you want to find out more about that. But that begins at 5. Uh, you can meet and cruise at 301 North Queen Street tomorrow. But then the big event tomorrow, and it is going to be one of the uh, highlights of the year. It's going to—I I can't wait. Uh, I just—I can't wait. I'm, I'm so humbled and so honored to be asked to MC that tomorrow. Uh, but Brad Fest in downtown Kenston, cannot wait to see everybody out there. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five great bands that are going to be taking part starting at two o'clock. Uh, the Wicked Shimmies. At two, and by the way, all of this taking place at Pearson Park. All of this is absolutely free. These bands are. Get your chairs out there. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. Linda's taking our chairs out there. My sister is coming in from Galax, Virginia. I can't wait to see her. Uh, my sister and her husband, they're coming in. So we're going to have our four chairs set up out there uh, out front to watch it. But at two o'clock, the Wicked Shimmies. Three thirty-five, the Dew Drops. Four forty-eight track. 5.45, the straight wire band, and then 7 o'clock, Mac and Juice, and it's going to go uh, until about 8.30, 9 o'clock tomorrow night. A day of music in downtown Kenston in memory, in honor, in memory of uh, the great Brad Elmore, who just an incredible gentleman who uh, passed away about six months ago. Uh, Allie Warnock has worked her tail off on this. Uh, Stacy Heath. Uh, so many people have, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I'm going to stop naming names because there are so many people who've worked hard on this, but Allie Warnock and, uh, Stacy, he's at the, at the head of it. Uh, they've, they've got a whole committee guys. There are going to be 30 vendors out there. I think she said yesterday here on the show, four or five food trucks out there. It's just going to be a, a great atmosphere. Get out there early. Enjoy the whole day. Guys, it's supposed to be absolutely beautiful tomorrow too. I think I saw uh, you know what? I'm going to give you an. Uh, how about this? At uh, 7:15 in the morning, I'm going to give you an up-to-the-date weather. <laughs> I don't do this a whole lot. Uh, da, 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 da. How about tomorrow? 
Yes, this, this is exciting radio, isn't it, here, uh, uh, Jason Bryant and Pam Sheffield and Keith Spence and everybody else that is listening right now. Hey, tomorrow it is going to be the high is going to be, I had it right here for 69 degrees tomorrow. Woo! It's going to be sunny. The low is going to be 50. So, you know what? Bring a light jacket out with you, too, because by the time we get to uh, nighttime, it's going to be a it's going to be a little bit chilly. 6% chance of rain, which means no chance of rain, okay? Get out there. 69 is the high. 50 is the low. Uh, clear. So it's going to be sunny skies during the day. Winds west at 10 to 20 miles an hour. Uh, yes, I'm doing my best skip waters here. Uh, a UV index of 5 of 11, whatever that means. And then uh, the low tomorrow night is going to get down to about 50. So that's what I'm saying. Bring a light jacket out with you and enjoy all the great music that uh, is going to be going on out at Bradfest. And again, uh, those bands, the Wicked Shimmies, the Dew Drop, Wicked Shimmies at 2, Dew Drops at 335, uh, 8 track at 440. The Straight Wire Band at 5.45, and then Mac and Juice at 7 o'clock. So uh, a complete day of music. Like I said, I'll be out there uh, emceeing it. The Brian Hanks Show will be in full effect. I will have T-shirts out there, too. I'll be giving out uh, some limited edition Nike uh, Dry Fit T-shirts from the Brian Hanks Show. Would love to put one in your hot little hand. And uh, uh, can't wait to see all my friends out there. And can't wait to see all our friends out there. It's just going to be a great day. Uh, out there again, uh, 75 sponsors. And I have to mention WRNS, uh, is a sponsor. Again, the Brian Hanks show, a premier sponsor of, uh, this event and, uh, can't wait. Like I said, uh, I know, uh, again, 75 sponsors. So how many businesses are there in Kinston? I'd say 75 is a very good percentage of them. And again, that's right. Keith Spence is going to be 69 degrees tomorrow. That is the high. It's going to be so much fun. So uh, get out there, and uh, we're, we're going to have so much fun out at Bradfest. I'm going to talk about it a few more times during the show today. Uh, but, again, I want to put a Brian Hanks Show T-shirt, and these are nice T-shirts. Keith Spence, aren't they great T-shirts? You need to tell everybody how great these T-shirts are. Uh, Bernie Barfield, tell everybody how great these T-shirts are. And we, we want to, we want, we're going to give some away tomorrow. We don't sell our shirts. We give ours away and uh, want to put one in your hand out at Bradfest tomorrow. Okay, uh, we're getting ready. Goodness gracious, I can't believe we've been going almost 20 minutes now. Got to get uh, our good friend uh, uh, Paul Whittington up here on the line with us. Uh, but before we do that, let me tell you about our title sponsor of the Brian Hank Show, why it's our good friends. And I got to see her yesterday, Richie Honeycutt in Lenore Community College uh, for 65 years, more than 65 years now. Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. Love us some LCC. I don't know if I've told you guys this yet or not, but um, very excited to show you how much we love LCC. Linda and I, that's where we're getting married on uh, in late December. 
in the year of our Lord, 2023, uh, we love LCC so much that we're going to uh, go out there, their, their culinary section, which is just a beautiful, beautiful facility. And that's what we were doing yesterday. We were doing, we were doing some wedding planning yesterday. So uh, we are uh, very excited about that. And that'll be, uh, like I said, at the end of December. But listen, thank you, LCC. Thank you, Richie Honeycutt. Thank you, Dr. Rusty Hunt. Thank you, Jeannie Kennedy, Catherine Pearson, Shelley Barnes, David Barnes. Heck, I, everybody that we know out at LCC, we appreciate you guys being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. We also appreciate all our other sponsors too, man, especially our day one sponsor. You just heard me talking about LCC. How about UNC Lenore Healthcare? You're hearing about them in our second hour when we're doing our big interviews. Jacques Pasileg in Goico Office Automation, man. He is uh, – uh, he is incredible and is a sponsor of our birthday game. Hey, thank you, Mickey Weatherington, for uh, checking in. He says he's going to wear it. He's already got a Brian Hanks Show T-shirt. He said he loves it. He's going to wear it with pride tomorrow, and it's going to be very windy, so do bring a light jacket. And he is right. It's going to be, like we said, uh, wind gusts up to 20 miles an hour at times. So uh, bring you a light jacket uh, but and bring some cash. Uh, bring your chairs. I have a lot of fun out at Bradfest tomorrow because that's going to be awesome. But back to our day one sponsors. Thank you to Goeco Office Automation. Thank you to Spence Automotive. Keith Spence, my boy, uh, for being a day one sponsor. Thank you to Danny Rice and Woodman Life. They've been with us since the very beginning. And then uh, David Moody and Rendell Parrot Academy. We appreciate uh, them. Connor, I will get you a shirt by God tomorrow. You come out to Bradfest. I will have you your very own Brian Hanks show t-shirt and, uh, heck I'll even give Avery one too. Okay. We, we, or does Avery already have one? I don't remember. You'll have to tell me Jason, but, uh, listen back to our sponsors. Thank you to all those day one sponsors. And then all our other sponsors that Jason Bryant worked so hard for to, uh, sponsor the Brian Hanks show and to sponsor, uh, Friday night football to sponsor our weekly basketball broadcast when they begin in December and January. Thank you to Down East Protection Systems, to King's Restaurant, to Elite Land Management, to the Kinston Police Department, to Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International, to Rillo Discount Drugs, to the Lenore County Public Schools, to Lenore Tire and Appliance, and then last and definitely not least, the Down East Wood Ducks. We appreciate every one of our, uh, of our sponsors. Whether you're day one, whether you've been with us uh, for sports seasons, we, 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 we love uh, taking care of you guys. Okay. Let's get uh, Paul Whittington up here on the line with us. Cause we have got a ton of stuff to talk about with him. And I guarantee you, as it always does, time will fly and I'll look at the clock and it'll be five till the top of the hour. And we will have only talked about two or three things. I am not letting that happen this morning though, with, uh, Paul Whittington, as he joins us right now on our Spence automotive guest line. What's up? P dub. Oh, man, a little tired this morning, but we're making it. Uh-oh, a baby night? Yeah, baby night. <laughs> well, that that coupled with I really tried to stay up and watch the Canes game, mostly because uh, Levi was up anyway. Yeah. But I fell asleep, and in retrospect, probably not a bad idea. <laughs> well, how did the Canes? I haven't even looked, so you can break the news here. How did the Canes do in their, on their West Coast trip last night? Uh, seven to four loss. Oh, oh, who were they playing? Seattle Kraken. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, still a pretty good start to the season so far for our Canes, right? All right. You know what? I don't even know. I know I've seen a few scores and I know at one time, I think we were three and one. Did that make us three and two or are we 500 now? 
Uh, we well, we're at hockey 500. Um, whatever, whatever the heck that means. But as it stands right now, the Hurricanes are three two and zero. Okay. So three two and zero with five games played. Currently second in the Metro behind Philadelphia, who's three one and zero. They've only played four games. What have you found out about this team so far? I know they they had the one game at home opening night, and then immediately because of the state fair, uh, started their West Coast trip, uh, the longest trip of the season for the Canes. Uh, well, five games into an eighty-two game schedule. We'll talk about a small sample size, and four of those being on the road. What do you what What do we know about the Carolina Hurricanes so far, Paul? Well, they know we know they can score goals. Uh, they they've scored the most goals and. In the National Hockey League, 23 goals over the course of five games. Uh, you have to find uh, the the LA Kings currently sit second in a, in a four-way tie for second uh, with 19 goals scored. So this this Carolina Hurricanes team can score a lot of goals. Uh, that being said, uh, you look at their power play percentage. Uh, they're they're not great on special teams right now. I'll, I'll dive more into that in just a second. But uh, shorthanded goals, they've scored four this year, Brian. That's when they're on the that's when they're on the penalty kill, and they still manage to score a goal. They've scored four. It's the, the most in the league by by twice as many as the next team. The, the Wild and the Avalanche have scored two apiece. But here's where things get a little shaky, Brian. So we, we know that they can score a lot of goals. We know that they can sure, score a lot of uh, um, shorthanded goals. They can score power play goals, too. They actually lead the league in power play goals wow. with seven which is phenomenal. They've also given up the most goals in the National <laughs> Hockey League. They've actually... So, so it's almost good side, bad side. I like this. Keep going. Right. So so they, they've scored 23 goals. They've given up 24. Whoa. Power play goals against, they're second in the NHL. They've given up six. Shorthanded goals against. They're first in the NHL. Remember, they they were first in shorthanded goals for. They're also first in the NHL with shorthanded goals against, where they've given up two. That's a it's about a six way tie for for first. There's a number of teams that've given up two. All that to arrive back here. The offense is good. We've got a little bit of work to do on special teams and defense. Well, how much is that defense? How much of it is, is it goaltending? Because I mean, I know obviously it factors into both, but is it is yeah. it in your opinion, a person who's probably watched parts of every single game that the Hurricanes have played so far this year? I is it more defense? Is it that our? I mean, when you give up that many goals, there's got to be something said about the goaltending too, though, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's there's a certain degree of it. It's goaltending, right? We've seen both Freddie Anderson, we've seen Antti Ranta. Uh, Ronto was pulled last night. We saw Pierre Kachekov for a little while. It did a really good job in that as well. Um, it, it, a lot of it is defense. I, I will say that of the of the four goals that Ronta gave up yesterday during the game before being pulled for Pierre Kachekov, I, I thought three of those were just you're not going to stop. They, they were breakdowns defensively that happened in front of them and. There's, there's no goaltender in the world that can stop the ones that got through. Uh, that being said, I, there's certainly some that he could have stopped that he just didn't. Um, and, and, you know, it's early in the season. You haven't seen a lot of shots yet. And that, that kind of stuff happens. You expect one or two to, to leak in past a goalie. But there's a lot of defensive woes in this. 
a lot. Yeah. Well, who are the players that, uh, that in your opinion, need to step up defensively, uh, or is it just the entire squad at this point? I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's a couple. Uh, I, I think you can look at Tony D'Angelo, who's who's not had a had a great start to the season. Uh, Dmitry Orlov, uh, who's brand brand new to the Hurricanes roster, he's still trying to find his way. Um, you, you've gotten the production that you've expected from folks like Jacob Slavin and, and Brady Shea. Uh, Brett Pesci has been has been kind of silent so far in the first few games. Jalen Chatfield has been. A, uh, a healthy scratch through through all six, all five of the uh, Hurricanes games so far, and Brett Burns has been has been a good player as well. So I think uh, if if I'm if I'm having to call out two specifically that I want to see kind of get it together and get a little bit better, it's Tony D'Angelo and Dimitri Orlov. But it's uh, it's a whole unit thing. You, you've got to, you've got to fix it from the top down. Well, very good. Well, uh, and listen, let's let's go ahead and get this part out of the way. <laughs> Nobody's hitting the panic button right now. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Well, I mean, dude, it's fine. Again, talk about us. Not just a small sample size. It would be it would be no. odd enough if it was just five games out of eighty-two. Four of those games mm-hmm. on the road, and how many more? What three more as part of this road trip before they get back to Raleigh? Yeah. So on Saturday there are two. Uh, Two uh, Saturday they're going to be in Colorado. We finally get a game that starts at 9 p.m. instead of uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, uh, and then glory be to God because on Tuesday we finally get a, a normal start time, seven o'clock, where they're on the road uh, in Tampa before coming home on next Friday uh, or next Thursday rather to take on the Seattle Kraken at home in that series for the season against the Kraken. And then they're right back at it Friday night against the San Jose Sharks in that series uh, or, or that season series between between the Sharks. So back-to-back when they come home and then they're on the road again to round out the month of October in, in Philadelphia. And I'm looking at the schedule. You t- There cannot be – a tougher schedule, especially when you look at it from the roadside. Like you said, uh, what, six games on the road because of the state fair. Back-to-back games at home, yeah, that's all fine and good. But then five of the next six games on the road. After that, all yeah. the way up until uh, Saturday, November the 11th. Who in the hell put this schedule together, dude? They make it through this, and I would even say if they're 500 or a little bit above 500, that's going to be a success in and of itself, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, this – we we kind of talked about this last year too. It's um, I, it just has to do with with the arena scheduling and and everything that's happening at the arena. Don't forget, and in November we're going to start seeing NC State basketball uh, ramping up, and and that plays a big part into when when the Canes can play at home. Now you look at December. There's a there's a good chunk of of games on the road in December. We're going to see another Western swing uh, this time up in Canada. Uh, where the first first full week of December they're going to be in Winnipeg and then Edmonton and Calgary then um, then Vancouver it's it's a lot of road games uh, to start but that means there's a lot of home games coming up uh, once we flip the calendar uh, I don't hate it I talked about this last week I'll, I'll, I'll hit on it again I don't hate it because it it gives these guys a chance to gel on the road which is which is so incredibly important for a hockey team to do 
Well, and especially if you're playing 11 of your friend, I, I even did the math. You'll be proud of me here, Paul, <laughs> 11 of your first 15 games of the season on the road. Again, that's 15, man. You come out of that, what nine and six, or, you know, if you could be 10 and five or whatever coming out of that, yeah. that bodes well for the rest of the season. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, winning the games on the road is so incredibly important. You got to steal points where you can. Uh, if if you can, if you if you can get an average of a point per game, you're you're going to be in good shape through this stretch. You need more than that throughout the course of the season, but through that stretch, if you can if you can average at least a point per game, throw a couple of wins in there, then then you're going to be in in good shape. Well, very good. Well, uh, again. Carolina Hurricanes, you're a season ticket holder. I know you're excited about them coming back home next week. Now, you'll get to see them on Thursday against Seattle, I guess, then, right? We'll be there on Thursday. Won't be there on Friday. Because you'll be with us at uh, North Lenore High School for the Kinston at North Lenore game. Let's let's pivot for a couple minutes now over to football. Let's start on the high school side, our big game of the week tonight. Well, first off, i got to thank you, dude. Uh, listen. I, I I haven't even said this on the air, so I'm saying it for the first time with you here on with me. Uh, we're getting ready to go see you two last week in Las Vegas. We're in our, our hotel room <clears throat> at the Venetian. Yes, we're fancy like that. And I, I'm laying, we're, we're getting a little nappy nap in because you got to remember, 8 o'clock in Vegas is 11 o'clock here. That's what time the show started. In fact, they didn't even go on until about 8.40 or so. So it was 11.40 here before you uh, two went on. So we're laying in our hotel room, you know, closing eyes, relaxing a little bit, and listening to Paul Whittington and Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith right here on betonthebull.com. And, dude, you freaking killed it, man. I mean, uh, I hope you didn't will. Like, they're letting me. I guess Jason's letting me uh, do the game tonight. So I guess you didn't 100% Wally pit me. But, dude, I'm telling you, dude, you were in good voice last week. Some really weird things happened in your game last week with uh, Wallace Rosehill in Kenston. But, dude, just kudos on what a great job you did. Now, I didn't get a chance to listen to the Friday morning show, but you guys had fun with that too, right? I heard it was the highest-rated show in the history <laughs> of the Brian Hank show. How about that? Did uh, you know that? I did not know that. that Crazy. Uh, I, 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 I'm happy for you. <laughs> you know we, we we had a blast last week uh friday friday on the show was was tossed not gonna sugarcoat it uh we we ran out of steam in the final like 10 minutes and i know you and i have talked about that we just we just completely ran out of gas and, and it just shows like how incredibly important that uh that birthday game is to, to the broadcast as a whole. It, it definitely helps out the host. Um, but other than that, you know, it was, it was a great, a great show. We had, we had a lot of fun. And then uh, Friday night was, was awesome as well. Uh, had a, had a really, really good game over there at Kenston high. I know the, uh, the score maybe in, doesn't completely indicate the fact that it, that it was a good game, but, but I had fun. I enjoyed it. It was certainly weird. I learned a few things about football that I didn't, <laughs> that I thought I knew that I didn't know. Such as? That you can just have a turnover on downs after a second down play. And that when uh, in high school football, at least, uh, and I still don't think this is true. I need to read the rule book on this. But uh, if, if the offense commits a penalty at the end of the quarter, then we're still going to give them an untimed down, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> 
Dude, that is crazy, man. Hey, uh, Jason just uh, messaged me and said, I'm, I'm safe with the show. He said, I think I speak for Paul and myself when I say we do not want to do your show every day for two hours. No, no. <laughs> couldn't do it every day. If, if I was going to do it, there would have to be a birthday game. Yeah. Well, we dude, there's a method to the madness over here at the Brian Hanks show. Dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. But I know bear it. in mind, we spend, what, four, four hours a week just recording those, though. You know, three and a half, four hours a yeah. week putting those together. So, uh, it is what it is. He did say now about the football game, if I want to take some more time off, just let him know. <laughs> <laughs> here, here's, the, here's the other thing. And, you know, you, you've gotten used to a certain standard of living over there. Uh, at, at your your depth automotive or depth automotive wow where did that come from your down east protection system studio you've grown accustomed to a certain standard of living and and that standard of living was not extended to Jason and myself I had to get up and open the door for Jason I had to make my own coffee I I, I don't know if we were on the air nobody ever told us. <laughs> You mean you, you're, just, you're speaking of the executive producer, Linda Whittington, who, by the way, yes. just brought me in a couple of Tylenol because she knows I've. I've yeah, it, I know. She takes it. I know. She's a great executive producer. You, I, I tell you what, in. Paul, if you were nicer to her, if you were nicer to her, she might do I something. brought her a baby. <laughs> you did. You know what? I can't argue with that. Yeah, you did bring her a grandchild. That's right. He was there. <laughs> yes, I was. Anyway. You worked up on a Friday morning. There you go. Okay, how about uh, that we talked a little bit about last week. Let's look forward to tonight's game. North Lenore at South Lenore, the 60th edition of it. And let me, I'm telling you, Paul, and I'm telling our listeners too right now, you need to see the little back and forth. Now, you're going to get to hear from them at halftime of tonight's game, but Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, uh, Doug Hill from North Lenore, they've been going back and forth on uh, Facebook this morning okay so go to jimmy smith's face it's been awesome man man jimmy smith accuses uh doug hill of wearing east duplin clothing okay and uh, oh. uh, it is it's getting heated over there uh, doug hill <laughs> it you know again uh they're gonna both be uh part of our halftime show tonight our lenore county public schools halftime show tonight on uh, the davis wholesale tire game of the week so uh, be sure to tune in for uh, – you need to tune in for the whole game anyway because I got to tell you, dude, two teams let, – let's not sugarcoat it, two teams struggling in 2023. But I tell you what, when North and North and South and North play each other, it doesn't matter if they're both 8-1 and one, or if they're both 1-8 and eight, or, or if they're both 5-5. Five and five, You know it's going to be a heck of a game, especially coming off last year's 25-20 to 20 win for South and North at North and North. I'm telling you, dude, I think tonight is going to be a well of a game, dude. Yeah, it always is, right? Uh, every time these two teams play each other, one of them can be undefeated and one of them could have lost every single game and somehow or another, this game is going to be a close one. Uh, it's it's the best game of the year. It's, it's the one that I look forward to. You know, I, I graduated from Kinston High. We didn't really have this kind of rivalry when, when I was in school there, and I, and I don't think the school still does. Uh, but when... When North and North and South and North get together, it's, it's always a special occasion. The, the records don't matter at that point. The, the, any playoff implications don't matter. Uh, the, the history of the rivalry doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is there's two teams on that football field that for the next 48 minutes are going to just want to tear each other apart. They don't like each other, and they're going to play 
all four quarters of football and, and there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser and it's going to be a lot of fun for us that aren't pulling for anybody really. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm the same way, dude. I, I have no skin in the fight other than I want to see a good game. And I mean, I'm thinking of the games that we have done. Were you part of that uh, 14 to 12 game at South Lenore? You had to have been. Yeah, it was just three years ago uh, in uh, 2020 when uh, <laughs> South Lenore led 12 to nothing with about five minutes left in the game. And North Lenore scores two late touchdowns. They win that game 14 to 12. What, uh, before, I mean, there've just been some great games. I've been here for what, 20 years. So I've been here for not even a third of the rivalry. You know, who's seen just about, and I, I, I coach Jimmy Smith, if I'm wrong, tell me, I think even when he was a child, he's seen at least portions of every North. I mean, he's coached in what 14 of them as a head coach. And then what, in another 10 or 12 as an assistant coach, he played in three of them. He was two and one as a, uh, as a South Lenore rebel, which by the way, that's what they were called, uh, uh against the North Lenore Buccaneers. Did you know that? <laughs> I knew South Lenore was the Re- rebels. I never knew that North Lenore was, uh, the Buccaneers. Yep. Uh, the South Lenore rebels and North Lenore Buccaneers. That's what they were called from 1964 to 1970. And, uh, man, like I said, the 60th edition of the game tonight. And, uh, just, I can't wait, man. I mean, I, it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of smack talk. I cannot wait. I listen, the game is going to be fun. We're going to have fun with the Rillo discount drugs pregame show that goes from five to seven. Uh, you and I will be hosting that. Jason will be in there for some of that too, if not all of it. Uh, but man, to get Doug Hill in there with a set of headphones on, and Jimmy Smith in there with the headphones on, and them taking shots at each other—little subtle shots too, Paul. I mean, they're not like you know, they don't like cuss each other out or anything like that. They're just, and it, it, it all starts out as real, you know, as kindness and niceness. Then it devolves pretty quickly, doesn't it? It does every single year, <laughs> every single year. It's the easiest part of your job tonight, hosting the uh, the the halftime show because you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you just have to like you can go on mute. You don't even have to say welcome to the halftime show. Well, I got to tell you the one you're I remember. The, oh, I know, dude. The one I remember the most that was fun was, uh, gosh, I I've got it right here in front of me. But it was the year that uh. South Nor won 46 to 14. 2018. South Nor mm-hmm. beat North Nor 46 to 14. It was over at South Nor High School. It was the first time that the Blue Devils had beat uh, North Nor in nine years. And uh, they're they're up big at halftime, and just to hear Coach Smith uh, laying it on to a uh, Coach Hill, dude. I got to admit, man, it, it was. It was a lot of fun, and, uh, man, I just I can't wait, man. I can't wait for tonight's game. What are you anticipating tonight, Paul, uh, North and North, South and North? I'm anticipating a very close game, uh, a very close game. I think these are two teams that, that are in desperate need of a win right now, uh, and, and I think it's I think they're going to play each other very well. Uh, and much like many of these games, I think it's going to come down to uh, who comes up with the big play late in the fourth quarter. Well, <laughs> I got to throw this out there, too. Uh, Jason, he's part of the show, even though he's not in here, but this is awesome. He said his love, friendship, and admiration for Coach Smith goes out the window one Friday night a year. <laughs> That's true. And, and then he said hawk time. But uh, it's going to be fun tonight, man. You'll be on the sideline for the game tonight. Uh, you'll be talking to both coaches uh, during the game. Uh, and it's just going to be, man, we're just going to have a good time down in uh, deep run tonight as North and plays South North. Okay, real quick, uh, ECU Charlotte, your alma mater, Paul Whittington, 
taking on my alma mater tomorrow in uh, college football at Dowdy Ficklin. Uh, as of right now, let me look at this so I can give everybody the absolute up-to-date. I'll tell you what, give me your thoughts, and I'll give everybody the point spread here in a second. Yeah, um, it's a it's a must win for for ECU. Both these teams come into this game with identical records, one and five overall, zero and two in the conference. Uh, I think if you're ECU, this is a must win game. If you're if you're a coach that that is or is not on the hot seat, uh, you you can ill afford to lose this game. Uh, and then if if you if you're the Pirates and you still have bowl admirations uh, or bowl ambitions, uh, this is. This is not a must win, but it is like there's enough there's enough games left on the calendar to where you don't have to win out. But when you look at the rest of the schedule, you pretty much have to win out because that Tulane game is going to be very tough. Uh, it doesn't get any easier the further the further down the schedule you go. So if uh, you got to win the games you're supposed to win, and this is one that they they say, Brian, I'm sorry, but this is one that they say the Pirates should win. Well, they should. I tell you what, though, dude, we've been talking about it all week and looking at the point spreads here on betonthebull.com. Dude, it was as high as eight points. It, I believe it opened at eight. It dropped down to seven. It was seven and a half as of yesterday morning. Guess what it is right now, my friend? Six and a half. It is down to six and a half. Did you know that or were you just guessing? I'm looking at it right now. Okay. <laughs> well, dude, that is a – dude, when you cross that – uh well, that Rubicon of seven points, whether you're uh, getting the hook of, you know, making it seven and a half or you're taking away the hook and you're making it six and a half, dude, that is huge in the betting world. I mean, you can hear about that all the time here on betonthebull.com. And I'm telling you, dude, that is a big deal, man, for that to have dropped down to six and a half. I still think that means ECU probably wins the game. And like you said, here's my thoughts on it, dude. This game means more to ECU than it does to Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's with their first-year coach right now, who, by the way, man, reminds me of myself and is just – he's awesome, man, with the cutoff sleeves, and he's hes just incredible. You've seen him, right? Yes. Uh, yes. I love him, man. he He's freaking awesome. But I think the game means more to ECU than it does to Charlotte because Charlotte hey, had zero expectations coming into this year. In fact, I'd seen predictions of two wins or three wins. They've won one right now, and it is what it is. ECU, on the other hand, there were expectations. I'm not saying no one was picking them to win the AAC, but uh, everybody was saying seven and five, uh, at least seven and five. I saw a couple of eight and fours, uh, maybe a six and six here and there. But, dude, I think what you said was really was spot on, Paul. One and five right now. I'm declaring it. It's a must win for ECU. If you don't want any talk of, you know, what's the deal with Mike Houston, if you want to uh, stay in uh, the running for a uh, for a bowl game, which you only have to win six games, I mean, they still, like you said, there there's a road to them going five and one the rest of the way and uh, getting that bowl bid. But if you don't beat Charlotte, dude, I think you're starting to talk about at this point of uh, ECU finishing two and ten or three and nine, dude. Yeah, uh, I, I think if you don't beat Charlotte, that's definitely part of the conversation. Like I said a moment ago, it doesn't get any easier after this. Uh, but Pirates not in a you-have-to-win-out scenario yet, but but they pretty much are, and that starts tomorrow with, with the 49ers. It absolutely does. Uh, your official prediction? ECU's going to get the win. Okay. Are they going to go to spread? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not, because... 
that's really not really how the Pirates play football. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think they'll cover. I think I think they'll win by a touchdown. Well, I was on Panicelli's show with, think, with the extra point. Now you're doing Panicelli today, right? No, no. Like him this. and I chatted earlier earlier this week. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. Okay. Well, I did my home and home with him as we always do on Wednesday, and. I'll say the same thing I said. I, my mind has not changed. I think ECU wins. I think they don't beat the spread, though. He, I think he predicted 9-6 to six or something crazy like <laughs> that because, well, neither team can score. I mean, ECU yeah. can't score. I mean, except for against Gardner-Webb, and Charlotte has shown they can't score either. I'm not going to go that low, but I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to say 17-13 ECU. I think it's going to be well below the, uh, the over-under. I, again, I think I'm going to say 17-13. ECU wins, but uh, there'll, there'll still be questions around the Pirates after the game, but I think they do get the win and stay in uh, the potential of uh, making it to a bowl. Okay, uh, let's I think go. I think it either I think it either ends two nothing or three nothing. Oh my god! Not really. That's oh not, no, god, kidding. that would be <laughs> how awful would that be? Okay, hey, real quick before uh, let's thank uh, Spence Automotive. It's where I get my car services. Where you should go to, and I know you. When I say you, I'm talking about our listeners because I know you, Paul Whittington. You drive all the way from Garner to get your car services at Spence Automotive. That is awesome. It's located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone Building next. To the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lot, Spence Automotive is owned by our good friend and local sports writing legend, Keith Spence, and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car service or when you need new tires. Tell him the Brian Hanks Show sent you. Tell Hell, tell him Paul Whittington sent you, too, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that'll get you a better deal than... Than the other option, John, I'm the Brian Hink show saying you. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Okay, hey, <laughs> we we talked to you about everything, but your expertise is NASCAR, and we are now in the round of eight, race two of the round of eight, and I cannot believe how fast this season is moving. But uh, last week at Las Vegas, I was there. I tried to talk Jonathan into going to the race with me. He wouldn't go. I could have got nine dollar tickets and gone to the race, mm-hmm. and I, and. I got to tell you, I kind of regret it a little bit. I kind of wish I had gone. Tell us a little bit about uh, Kyle Larson's win in, in the desert. Dominant win for, for Kyle Larson. There were 267 laps. He led 133 of them. Uh, Swept the stages. Took the checkered flag. It was just, it was all about that five car on on, sat, on Sunday uh, in the South Point Casino 400, uh, just a, a dominant win from from Kyle Larson was was really hooked up from the time the green flag flew until until the checkered flag. Uh, it wasn't wasn't really anybody else's race. He was the best car all afternoon. Well, uh, any did any so nobody else impressed you at all. Other than well, I mean, Kyle Larson. Yeah. We have said this since we were in North Wilkesboro, man. And after what he did in North Wilkesboro, man. It's unfair to me to put a driver of his caliber, and I mean this sincerely. He yeah. is. I mean, when you when you talk to the people that are around NASCAR, uh, what's our boy's name on MRN? Alex Hayden. Uh, Alex Hayden. When you talk to him, when you talk to other people like yourself who really know NASCAR, it's acknowledged. I mean, probably the best pure driver in the sport right now is Kyle Larson, isn't it? Uh, hands down. Uh, he's. He's good in, in every sort of track that we go to. He's, he's phenomenal in every sort of racing discipline. He is, he is a generational talent. And then you, and on top of all that, 
you put him in arguably, and it probably isn't even arguable, uh, the best racing team in the sport. I mean, you talk about a deadly combination. That's a deadly combination, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, would have loved to have seen more out of that team uh, over the weekend. Uh, Kyle Larson, of course, got the win. Uh, William Byron came home seventh. Uh, not a great day for, for Chase Elliott and, and Alex Bowman. Uh, Chase Elliott finished 32nd. Uh, Alex Bowman, I'm not seeing his name up here. I'm sure it's up here. It's just hard for me to find at the moment. Oh, 35th. Finished yeah. 35th out of 36th. Uh, not a great day for, for Hendrick Motorsports. I personally thought that Chase Elliott got the 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 crappy end of the stick from NASCAR. I know I know that's hard for you to believe. <laughs> um, also, that that car's still in the the hunt for the owners' championship at the moment. Uh, but just so it, it, to set the stage for for Chase Elliott, he he crashed out in, in I think it was practice, and they had to go to a backup car. Brian. When they pulled that backup car off the off the the trailer, do you know what it looked like? What? Plain white. Really? Plain white. It's, it's a it's a it's a car that is shared amongst the team, I guess. So plain white. So they spent somewhere between nine and twelve hours getting this car ready to race. So that's getting the setup right, getting the setup to mirror what what was in his race car, but making some slight tweaks to it, obviously because it's fun and out. Uh, so you want to make some slight tweaks to it, but not only that, you got to put all the decals on it. So they have all these extra decals there that they, they're able to slap on this race car and get it ready. And it doesn't really get to go out for practice or qualifying at that point. So he has to start dead last and you don't, you don't really get to, know what you got until you go out there and run a few green flag laps. And so he struggled for a good amount of the race. It took him a little while to get it dialed in. He actually climbed his way up into the top 10. And then there was a, a, a later race restart. And I, and I forget exactly when, when the restart was, but a later race restart. And the field takes the green flag, and he's about five or six rows back. And the two cars in front, uh, two cars ahead of him, spin their tires, and it causes the car ahead of him to have to check up. So to avoid running into the back of that race car, he he stepped out ever so slightly to the right. Didn't get the full car out. Didn't go all the way out from from the two lanes of traffic. He just swerved slightly to the right in about a third of his car. You could see if you were looking down a straight line of all the all the outside part of the cars in the outside row, you would have saw about a third of his car wiggle out and then come back in. In NASCAR's determination, he left he left his lane prior to getting to the start and finish line. So on a restart, you cannot pull out of your lane prior to getting to the start and finish line. And they said that Chase Elliott pulled out of his lane. Although wow. it was to avoid causing another caution before he took the green flag. Well, if he were in the championship, so let, me, let me ask you this. No, and I, I, yeah. I didn't know any of that, but it leads me to this question, though, Paul. And again, that's Paul Whittington on our Spence Automotive guest line right now as we're uh, looking back at last week's race in Las Vegas. If Chase Elliott is one of the final eight drivers, do, do they penalize him for that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'll Absolutely. Just say. It's uh, I guess first of all, he ended up finishing one lap down. 
Um, to NASCAR's credit, they have been consistent with this rule. Um, and I know it's easy for, for me to say I don't like it because it happened to Chase Elliott. Uh, I don't like it if it happens to Joe Logano, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, you name any driver. It's one Joey thing Lega- if you – Joey Logano. I said Joey Logano. That was oh, the first okay. name I said, Brian. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't matter. Like, in my opinion, if you if you wiggle to the right or even to the left if you're on the inside lane, if you wiggle ever so slightly – just to avoid an accident, I think that's different okay. than the car in front of you spin, spinning their tires. So you pull completely out and just drive around them, or you pull completely out in an attempt to drive around them. But if you wiggle to the left or to the right ever so slightly to avoid an accident, I think NASCAR should take a common sense approach and just let that one ride. Well, I, agree. I agree with you. That, that seems to make some sense. I hate that it happened to your boy, but... Again, he's not really racing for anything other than, like you said, uh, owner's championship. But uh, anyway, uh, there you go. Uh, last thoughts for Vegas before we uh, pivot to uh, Homestead. It was a good race. Wish more people had, had shown up to it. But like you and I talked uh, off the air, when you have the Vegas Golden Knights playing literally the night before, a few hours really before, um and then you have the the Raiders happening at the exact same time as this race. You're just going to get what you're going to get. Well, and on top of it too, Mike Martin was on the show on Wednesday. I did you realize this? The pre the PGA uh, tour event was in Vegas over the weekend. Didn't I didn't either. I mean, did, that just shows you that. with everything going on, it is crazy. But yeah, that the the main PGA. Let's speak English, Brian. The main. PGA event of the weekend was also in Vegas. It just is crazy. And then all this F1 stuff that they're doing there, trying to get uh, mm-hmm. the streets of Vegas ready or get the strip ready. I, I don't know how they're happy about that. We don't have time to delve into that because I want to talk about Homestead. And I got to tell you, this kind of surprised me a little bit that this race is, uh, I associated. Now, bear in mind, I had, you know, stepped away from NASCAR for several years, but I was still accustomed to uh, the Homestead race being, the uh the final race of the year and so for it to be what we've still got what after this race two more races to go uh it's just mm-hmm. it's uncommon to me to see this race not be the final race of the year dude yeah for for a long time it, it was the last race of the year i think uh we stopped doing this in 2019 Tw- yeah 2019 was the last time this was the last race of the year uh kyle bush won that race since then, it's, it's been moved, and, and ultimately, the reason that it got moved, Brian, was because, and we've we've talked about this, and it's just ironic. The mile and a half racing became so bad, and fans, every fans, sponsors, everybody wanted a more competitive championship race. Here we are. Now we've done this three times this will be the fourth homestead race where it's not the last race of the year and the mile and a half racing is the best it's ever been wow and so if if we were to go back to homestead i i for the final race of the year i would not hate it at all and i think the days of phoenix being the last race of the year are numbered uh, obviously we're going to have that next year we've seen the schedule but i i think we will mix up that championship race and i think another track deserves to uh to host a championship race 
Uh, I don't think it should be a road course. I don't think it should be a super speedway. I don't think it should be a short track. I think the championship race should be run on either a, a mile, a track that's a mile length or a mile and a half. Nothing bigger, nothing smaller. Um, but I but I think we will see a change in that schedule, whether it's back to Homestead. Great. If it's not, that's fine, too. Uh, but I love this racetrack. It's, uh, it's, it's been it's put on some phenomenal races, and uh, I expect this weekend will be no different. Let's make Paul Whittington uh, the commissioner of NASCAR or whatever, the director or whatever the name is, uh, where you make the final decision. Where would you, Paul Whittington, like to see the final race of uh, the NASCAR championship race be held? I think Homestead makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I got to look at the schedule and remember remember tracks. Um, I, I think Las Vegas, personally, I, I think that one makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, it's Las Vegas, just such a great area, uh, for, for the sport. Um, I think Darlington would be a lot of fun. Oh, I think Darlington oh, oh, would be a ton of fun. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it won't happen because, you know, Labor Day weekend is theirs. And, and even if we made that race, the championship race, uh, we wouldn't be able to do, um, Labor Day and then nine, nine weeks later do uh do the championship it's just too too close of dates for for those two um for the for for that racetrack but i i think i would go to las vegas homestead uh i think phoenix is a great track the only thing with las vegas is it's not going to be an smi track it's going to be a, a nascar owned track uh so homestead and phoenix are probably the two that make the most sense Okay. Well, very good. Well, uh, we are already into our second hour here. Uh, but tell me real quick. I mean, Kyle Larson obviously has already uh, punched his ticket to the final four, uh, right now, two through four Byron Truex and Hamlin. Then, uh, the guys on the bubble five through eight bell Reddick, Blaney and Buescher can't believe the Fords are all the way down there and doesn't, unless Blaney or Buescher win one of these last two races, doesn't look like they're going to make it into the final four. Uh, who do you have winning this week? Give me that. I'm writing it down. Give me that official prediction for this week. Get, give me who you think is going to win, and then give me a dark horse. Well, this is the Mobile One presents the Forever <laughs> 400 uh, in in recognition of Kevin Harvick, and that's for the number Forever, uh, not F O R. It's the Forever 400, uh, and, and a really cool thing that's happening, Brian. I know you got to start your second hour here. A really cool thing that's happening this weekend. Kevin Harvick won his championship here. Uh, this is where he capped off 2014 with, with a big win at Homestead, uh, won the championship. It's been his only championship, although he probably should have had a couple of more. But one, one real cool thing that Anheuser-Busch did for this weekend, if you remember back then, he was – he was driving the, the Budweiser Chevrolet for Stuart Haas Racing. Now he's in the Bushlight Ford. One really cool thing that Anheuser-Busch did is they're going to take Bushlight off the car this weekend, and they're going back to Budweiser for one more time wow. around with Kevin Harvick. So that car is going to look almost exactly the way that it did back in 2014. Same Budweiser paint scheme, uh, although the number is, is moved slightly forward because that's just what we do now in NASCAR. But <laughs> Budweiser coming back for one more race with Kevin Harvick. I I just think this is Kevin Harvick's race to lose. Okay. So you've got Harvick winning. Who's your dark horse? Who's who's that racer that, 
maybe uh, Vegas doesn't think is going to do, but uh, Paul Whittington thinks is going to have a good weekend. Man, this is tough. There's a, there's a lot of big names that win here. Uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, William Byron, Kyle Larson. Th- those are those are the last three winners that we've had at this racetrack. I don't think they're dark horses by any stretch. Uh, if I'm picking a playoff driver, I think Chris Buescher is a good name to throw out there. And I think Ryan Blaney is a good name to throw out there. Okay. Well, very good. Well, uh, from your lips to God's ears, okay? I like it. Don't. Don't place any bets on anything you heard here on the show today. <laughs> there you go. On betonthebull.com for sure. Okay. <laughs> right. Listen, uh, Paul, really looking forward to uh, – we'll get your official prediction for uh, tonight's North-North-South-North game along with all our other games that we'll be picking tonight uh, uh, during the Real Discount Drugs pregame show, which will begin at 5 o'clock right here on uh, 960 AM and Uh And, man, I, I – again – I am so looking forward to tonight. I can't stand myself, dude. Can't wait. I, I can't wait to get down there. Can't wait to see that new press box for the oh, for the first right. time. You and, haven't uh, seen it yet. Haven't seen it yet. Can't wait to, to help you guys call another bragging ball. Going to be a lot of fun. It is absolutely. Paul, thank you so much. We'll see you tonight on the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show and during the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. Sounds good. Yeah. There you go. That's P-Dub, Paul Whittington. Uh, listen, as we wrap up our first hour in five minutes here on the show, thank you so much to Paul. Listen, coming up here in our next hour, in fact, in just a few moments, Larry Dale, head uh, football coach at North Lenore, Will Harrell, head football coach at South Lenore, here on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.